Thanks for checking out our teaching from this week. Our hope is that it will encourage you to take the next step closer to finding and following Jesus. If you have been blessed by the ministry of Grace River and would like to worship by giving, you can do so online at graceriver.cc. That's graceriver.cc. Good morning. Welcome to Grace River Church Online at Home. My name is Jacob, and I'm the next generation pastor here at Grace River. And I have the opportunity to just share with you out of the Bible. And I'm really excited uh, to to just share with you. And my prayer is, is that each and every single one of us would take a next step in our spiritual journeys as a result of the teaching. Today, before we get started, one quick thing to note is that our church is moving to three services. We're growing like crazy. God is doing something special in the life of our church. And so we're growing and we're going to be changing our service times to 8.30, 9.45, and 11 o'clock. These are the in-person times. And so this also means that if you're watching this service live right now, that your service uh, service time will also be changed. So if you're watching this live, you're watching it at 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning, your service time is going to be changing to 8.30. So next week, uh, wake up a little bit earlier and, uh, and get your coffee in your system and roll out of bed, take a shower, do whatever you need to do, and join us uh, live here at 8.30 to catch what's going on. As always, we have uh, On Demand where you can watch anywhere, uh, anytime that you want to catch up on any sermon that you've missed, and, and that's always a great opportunity to stay connected with our church. Today, we're, uh, we're doing a standalone sermon called Faith That Moves, and I'm really, really excited. Um, today, I'm going to be sharing out of one of my favorite parables in Scripture. If you don't know what a parable is, a parable is a simple story to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson given by Jesus. In Jesus' life, he used these things called parables to teach lessons uh, to, to, to people, and he used really familiar objects. And in this Uh, In in this specific parable, we're going to be looking at the parable of the mustard seed. Uh, But one thing to know about Jesus is that Jesus was a masterful storyteller, right? We all know somebody who's really good at telling stories. They're really good at captivating our attention and, and keeping us on the edge of our seat. But then we also know people who are really bad at telling stories. And, and if you don't know one, well, you're looking at one right now. I am so bad at telling stories. I, my problem is, is I tell parts of a story that nobody else cares about except for me. And so people end up getting bored. They check out really early. And it's just terrible. Uh, many people have told me, you're, you're just so bad at telling stories. Let your wife or somebody else tell the story for you. But that wasn't Jesus. Jesus was a masterful storyteller. And oftentimes, when Jesus would tell stories, he would use visuals. And visuals matter a lot. Right? And I'm a, vis- I'm a very visual learner, so that's what I love uh, whenever Jesus uh, tells these parables in Scripture because I feel like I can relate to them a little bit better because of the visuals that he's given. Science actually proves that, that pictures and visuals uh, do a lot more than just words alone. Carmen Gallo actually said, Scientists have produced a mountain of evidence showing back concepts presented as pictures instead of words. Uh, they are more likely to be recalled. Put simply, visuals matter a lot. Uh, To continue this, he says, if you hear information, you're likely to remember about 10% of that information three days later. Add a picture, however, and your recall rate will soar to 65%. To put that into context, a picture will help you remember six times the information than listening to words alone. And we understand this. Isn't this crazy? 
right? You, you, uh, whenever, whenever there's a picture or a visual, your recall rate soars to 65%. And we all understand this because we hear words and, thing, and, and phrases like, uh, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? We're, we're approaching 9-11 in a few days. And it's one thing to hear a story from 9-11. It's another to see a picture from 9-11. Your heart is broken when you look at the pictures from 9-11. And so pictures and visuals matter a lot. Your recall rate soars six times than just words alone. And here's a little secret into the church world for you. Any pastor, especially uh, Pastor Chris, our, our head pastor, and, and uh, many gifted speakers and, and other pastors in the, in the country, in the world, will oftentimes use visuals because, again, this goes into play whenever, it comes, uh, whenever you listen to a sermon. Your recall rate soars six times than just words alone. So why wouldn't you use a visual, right? And so oftentimes you would see that pastors and, and many gifted speakers use visuals. So that's a little secret into the church world for you. And Jesus understood this, and he took it to another level. Again, Jesus is the greatest communicator of all time. And, and he would teach parables to people uh, in his life. Uh, and, and specifically, we're going to be looking at a parable that he teaches to his disciples. And he would uh, use uh, common objects in, their, in these people's lives so that whenever they see this object, whenever they see this object in their life being played out, they would be reminded of Jesus's words to them. And uh, I don't know about you, but that is genius. Uh, again, Jesus is the greatest communicator of all time. And again, today, the parable that we're going to be looking at is the parable of the mustard seed. This visual of a mustard seed is pretty unusual for us here in America. But in this time, 2,000 years ago, the disciples would have known what a, how small a mustard seed was. They would have known how large the tree would grow from that mustard seed. They were all too familiar with that. And so read with me in Matthew 13, 31 and 32. It says, here's another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but it grows and becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and birds come and make nests in its branches. To help us understand how small the mustard seed actually is, I have a container of mustard seeds here. And, and as I pour a few of these into my hand, as I get them everywhere, I'm going to have to vacuum after this, but I have hundreds and hundreds of mustard seeds in my hand. And one of these little seeds grows into become a, a, a huge tree that birds come and nest in. And I'm going to throw this on the ground and hopefully Chris doesn't get mad at me. But... Right, those seeds become one of the largest. They become one of the largest trees in the garden. But I want you to notice the significance of how small one of those seeds was. I want you to notice how small one of those seeds was, and and how large they can become with with a little bit of tender care. Have you ever felt small? Have you, have you ever been somewhere where you're like, man, I feel so small right now? Whether you've been to the Grand Canyon and you walk out to the Overlook and, uh, and you're like, man, this is so huge. Everything around you is massive and you just feel so small and insignificant to what's around you. Or maybe you go hiking or driving up a mountain and you look around at God's creation and you're, you're just thinking, wow, this is amazing. Everything around me is so large and I, yet I feel so small. 
Uh, on a little bit smaller scale for me, I got to experience this whenever I went to uh, Texas whenever I was in college. A few years ago, a hurricane went through Texas, and there was 50 of our college students from my school that I graduated from that went to Texas uh, to help with relief efforts. And uh, whenever we got there, we would look around at the mass destruction of what that hurricane did, and we were all just astounded. And whenever I would look around, I was like, man, what are, what are 50 college students going to do? The destruction is so massive. What could 50 kids do in two days? This, we're, we're not even going to make a dent in what's, in, in what's around us because we would walk around, and this is just one picture, but, but to give you a reference, we would walk around and drive down the streets, and there would be piles of trash 10 to 15 feet in the air. And I'm like, how in the world are they going to get rid of this? And, and I remember I worked at uh, one lady's at one lady's house, and we uh, we had, were we were masked up, and and we had gloves, and we were just tearing everything apart. We completely gutted the house, and by the end of it, uh, you know, I felt like what what difference did we really make? Right? We're just insignificant. We're really small in this moment. The hurricane did way much more damage than than two days worth of work. Right? And and. And it was easy to sit back and say, man, what are we doing that's significant? Even though we felt small with little to no impact, the people that we helped were eternally grateful for us. And, and that, was what, uh, that was what paid off for us. That was what it was all about for us. We felt like we had little to no impact, but they were eternally grateful. And in, in this parable, Jesus teaches that there is power even in things that are small, Again, we see that this seed grows into something massive. One of these seeds grows into a massive tree. And in the last verse that we read about, it says that birds come and nest in these trees. It produces life. That's what one of these seeds does. And so uh, the potential for growth is amazing. And again, today, we're going to be talking about faith. We're going to be talking about how this parable of the mustard seed relates to our faith. And you might be wondering, how in the world does this relate? And I'm going to explain that to you today. But maybe today your faith in God is the size of a mustard seed. Your faith in God is so, so small. It's minute. But what I want you to know, and, and, and I don't want you to think for a second that God can't use that to do something great. To, you, you, we, we, see what, we see what God is talking about here in this parable, that this seed grows into something great. And whenever it relates to our faith, when, whenever this seed is our faith, Think of this as what it can become. It becomes this big, beautiful, massive tree. A few, laters, a few chapters later in Matthew, Jesus says this about the mustard seed to his disciples. He says, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. I love how Jesus, he starts this parable by saying you don't have enough faith. He drops the hammer on his disciples by saying you don't have enough faith. And if you watched last week, Chris actually shared a story of Peter. And Peter was on a boat, and, and, and Jesus called Peter out of the boat to walk on water. And, and uh, Peter listens to that call that Jesus had, and, and he begins to walk on water. But then what happens? Peter realizes his circumstances. He realizes all of, the all of the waves and the wind and how they're crashing down on him. And he loses faith. And what happens? He falls through the water. He, he no longer begins to walk on the water. And Jesus walks over to him 
And he says, why are you so afraid? You have so little faith. Why are you so afraid you have so little faith? That is so significant. I want you to know what impresses Jesus is our faith. Even scripture says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. What I love that uh, Jesus has illustrated to his disciples in the previous, uh, whenever we go back a few chapters, the, the first Uh, the first little bit of scripture that we read is that Jesus shows the disciples and he illustrates to the disciples just how small one of those seeds was. And and he he illustrates the potential for growth for uh, for that little seed to grow into something massive. And then this, this passage of scripture, a few chapters later in Matthew 17, he says, I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would be moved. Jesus wasn't saying that people and his, and his disciples would literally be able to just chop a mountain off at the bottom and pick it up and throw it out of the way. That's not what he's saying, obviously. But what I believe that Jesus is illustrating here is, is that we all have mountains in our lives. We all have mountains that we look up to and we're like, there's no way I can get through this. There's no way I can climb over this mountain, whether it's an emotional mountain, a spiritual mountain, a physical mountain, right? We all have mountains in our lives. And you see, Jesus shared this story 2,000 years ago because people were struggling to see how God was moving in the midst of, of the chaos going on in their lives. For these people, their life had descended into chaos And that's not too far-fetched from where we are right now. If you've been paying attention to anything that's been going on in the past year, it's pretty easy to say that, that we're living in a chaotic world. Some of us have experienced the craziest roller coaster of a year with a pandemic and, and political unrest. Even this past uh, two weeks, we've uh, been heartbroken as a country over the, the tragedy in Afghanistan. And, and it especially hits home for us here in St. Louis as we had one of those people uh, who was living in Winsville, just right down the road. And so our hearts are broken, right? Some of us uh, are going through, through personal issues and we just feel like the mountain before us is so large. We, we've been living in this chaos and it's easy to sit back and ask, God, are you really moving in the middle of all of this? God, are you moving in the midst of what's going on around me? And you know, it's, a, it's really easy to get discouraged because we don't see the immediate fruit of what God is doing through the middle of the chaos. We get discouraged. But what I want you to know is that we have to adopt a faith that says, even though I don't see it, God, I know that you are moving. I know that you're working. We have to adopt a faith that says, even though I don't see it, God, I know that you're working. And some of you may know the story of Beethoven. Some of you may not. Uh, and that's what I'm here to tell you, right? In, the mid, in, in Beethoven's mid-20s, he actually began to go deaf. And by the time that Beethoven was in his mid-40s, he had gone completely deaf. In fact, some of Beethoven's most well-known works ended in some of the most thunderous claps, and yet he couldn't hear a single thing. But what's amazing is that he still continued to compose even in the silence, and what, what, I love for, what I love about this story and what it connects for me is what God is talking about here in this parable. When we question, is God moving in the chaos? Is God moving amidst the craziness going on in my life? 
when we feel like we look around and we don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. We just feel so, so trapped and, and we feel like we're enclosed by darkness with no hope. What does it look like for us to compose in the silence? What does it look like for us to compose in the silence? You can trust that through the small acts of faith that you're doing, they can have a big impact. And that's exactly what this parable is talking about. Through the small acts of faith that you are doing, they can have a big impact. Most of us have experienced a time where we've worked so hard and we feel like we have nothing to show for it, right? We've put so much energy and time into a certain thing and we feel like we've gone nowhere. We're, we're uh, where we started just months ago and we've, and we've put all of this work in. For me, it's working out, right? I could work out for a week. I could eat healthy for a week. I could stay committed to just being the best me for a week. And I get really upset and I get really discouraged whenever I don't have six pack abs and a nice jawline, right? And maybe you're going through the same thing and you can relate to me in that sense. But we all have something in our life where we don't see the immediate fruit. And what happens? We get discouraged because it takes forever. Whenever it comes to our faith, we have to view faith as a journey not a destination, right? Whenever we work out, our goal might be to, to reach 175 pounds or to reach 200 pounds. And, that, and that's the destination that we're trying to get to. But that's not faith. Faith is a journey, not a destination. The danger of viewing our faith as a destination is that we enter this world and, and we enter this belief that if I just had a certain amount of faith, then I'll be good. I'll have made it in this world. But that's not faith. We tend to think of faith as a measuring cup, letting us know where we stand spiritually, right? Whenever we look at our measuring cup, we might say, you know, Jacob, you, you're a quarter of the way full. You better get to church. But that's not what faith is. We fall into this trap of viewing faith as a destination. And we, and we tell ourselves that if I just do better and I try harder, then I'll be good. But faith is a journey, right? You never achieve a trophy for the amount of faith that you have. Whenever uh, you, whenever you relate this to the school system, you, you don't get a passing grade for having 70% faith. Faith is not a percentage, right? You don't get a passing grade. You don't get a trophy for the amount of faith that you have. What faith is, is a daily commitment to decide I'm going to follow God no matter the circumstance. No matter what's going on in my life, I'm making the decision, I will follow you, God. It's a journey of mountaintops and valley lows, hardships and rejoicing, all the while knowing that God is still in control through it all. And what I love about this parable is that God says even a small amount of faith is still faith. Even a small amount of faith is still faith faith and God can use that for his good. And maybe you're watching this and you're and you're saying, "Jacob, the mountain in my life is too big for me to cross. The mountain in my life is too big for me to move." You don't know what's going on in my life. You feel like your faith is all dried up and you might be going through a divorce. You might be going through depression, anxiety. You might be going through uh, some pr some pretty uh, heavy turmoil in your relationship with your kids. Whatever it is, whatever that mountain is in your life, I want you to know today that there is hope. God promises that he will use even the smallest amounts of faith. To quote the very famous Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber, he says, so you're telling me there's a chance, right? With God, there is always a chance. 
with God, there is always a chance. Again, what matters in our faith is not the amount, but the attitude. When we have little money, we can buy little things. Whenever we have a lot of money, we can buy a lot of things. But faith is not like that. Faith is a relationship. Faith is a daily commitment to say, God, I'm going to follow you no matter the circumstance. I'm going to trust in you today. And today, you might be 99% unsure of God's presence. You might be 99% full of doubts. You might be 99% convinced that God doesn't even care about you, that God doesn't even love you. But I want you to know that there's still hope. Because if this is you today, there's still 1%. And God promises that He can use that 1%. God promises He will use faith even the size of a mustard seed. We, we know how small the mustard seed is. And He says, I promise that I will use that, and I will grow that, and I will nurture that, and I will do something amazing with that. So don't lose hope. We see it over and over again in Scripture that Jesus uses small things and does amazing things with them, right? Whenever uh, you look at Scripture, you can read about a story of Jesus feeding 5,000 men with two loaves of bread and five fish. And you might be thinking, how in the world does Jesus do that? That's a good question. I don't know. But he does it. And at the end of that story, he even says there was enough leftovers and they had filled baskets of leftovers uh, with the amount of food that they had, right? Jesus journeyed with 12 people, 12 of his disciples that went through moments of faith and faithlessness. They had swung between moments of faith and faithlessness. Jesus provides healing for people who say, I believe, help my unbelief, right? None of these people's measuring cups were full and neither is ours. And I want you to know today, your measuring cup doesn't need to be full for God to use it. But Jesus tells us in these parables, it's not about the amount of faith that matters. It's whether we can trust God with what we have. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that today? Be faithful with what God has given you and let God do everything else. Sometimes I, I fear that we try and get in the way of what God can do with the amount of faith that we have. Let God be in control of that today. So I have some clear next steps. And as we go through these Think through what your next step is and pray that you would have the courage to take that next step in your spiritual journey. So maybe today you just need to plant the seed. You need to commit to planting the seed. In these parables, we know that Jesus has referred to the seed as our faith, right? And so maybe today you need to plant that seed and, and you're fearful of planting the seed because you're living with doubt. You're living with disbelief. But I want you to know that seed only grows in the soil. So plant that seed. Plant the seed of faith in your heart today. Quit holding on to it. There's no seed that grows in the palm of your hand. Plant that seed. It's your choice. And I would encourage you, even if you are living in 99% doubt of what God can do, there's still that 1% and that's all that God needs. So, so I pray that you would have the courage to just plant the seed today. And maybe today, you need to commit to letting God use your mustard seed-sized faith. Maybe you have planted that seed, and again, you're living in this world of 99% doubt. You're 99% sure that God doesn't even love you. I want you to know today that God loves you so much that He sent His only Son, Jesus, to die for you on a cross. And, and Jesus didn't remain dead. He rose three days later, and as a result... 
you and I are, have the ability to enter into eternal life with Him, to enter into a beautiful relationship full of mercy, full of grace, and full of faith. We have an opportunity today to enter into this faith journey because of what Jesus has done on the cross and His resurrection from the grave. And, and I really want you to commit to letting God use that mustard seed-sized faith even if you are really unsure of what God can do with it, just say, God, I'm available. I'm going to let you do what you want to do with my life. And, and I'm going to commit everything over to you today. Maybe today you just need to feed your seed, right? As I've, uh, as I've uh, been in this first year of marriage, I've kind of gotten into planting a little bit and, and, and to growing uh, certain different little plants. I know it's quirky and dumb, but one thing that I've learned is that you really have to tend to the plant in order for it to survive. You have to feed that plant. You have to water that plant. And if you don't give uh, the plant what it needs to survive, what happens? It dies. And the same is true for our faith. We have to do, we have to come up, uh, we, have to, we have to create habits of growth in our relationship with God where we're watering our faith. Where we're, where we're feeding our faith and, and we're creating habits of growth in our relationship with God. That way, we can endure the storms of life. That way, whenever we approach a mountain that comes up in our life, we can say, God, I know that you're in control. God, I'm fully giving this mountain over to you. And I really do believe that because of faith, this mountain will be moved out of here. It'll no longer exist. Do you believe that today? So what's your next step? Do you need to plant the seed? Do you need to let God use your mustard seed-sized faith, or do you need to feed your seed? And again, I pray that you would have the courage to take that next step in your spiritual journey. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll be done for the day. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to just share out of God's Word and to, and to teach out of uh, one of the parables that you've given us. And, and I pray that our faith would be strengthened as a result of today. I pray for each and every single person watching this that we would take a next step in our spiritual journey as a result. And we're thankful that you would send your only son, Jesus, to die for us on a cross so that we can enter into a faith relationship with you. Help us have a great rest of the week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our 9 or 10.30 a.m. worship services. We hope you have a great week.